welcome to episode 336 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me wearing a white t-shirt that he may or may not can wear in front of children. We'll get into that more. <laughs> it's Russell John, the Fisherman. I indeed could wear it in front of children, although I was wondering what their uh, parents thought of me. Do you actively have that thought? <laughs> no, and it was it was really uh, weird. I felt seen in the wrong way because I'm I. So we went to Modesto for uh, Oksana's nephew's birthday, and there are a ton of little kids there. All like, dude, cool little kids. They got a jumper thing. It was all a Pokemon thing. thing. Yeah, what I don't know what you call them. It wasn't a castle. A bouncy house. Uh, it was called Jenny's Jumpers. Shout a plug oh, to them, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was See, a, a, a jumper could. Uh, evoke some sort of couture oh yeah you are correct no it was a dude who had a you know a truck and he backed up and delivered like 30 chairs three tables and inflated a giant ufc cage that had some pokemon print on it and um i again modesto if you're not in california it's one of the like middle cities that we never talk about and uh or i mean we do on here because we make fun of it all the time because it's a horrid desert and uh, I was terrified it was going to be hot. And I'm like, I can't wear all black today, which is kind of my thing. But you have you have capabilities to look at the weather at a destination before you arrive at said destination. Oh, yeah. I was just assuming it's going to be hot. See, well. Mm, well, every time we've been there, it's been over 100. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Take your phone. No, well, anyway, it was, it was okay. It was like uh, high 60s. It was very windy. But uh, I ended up wearing a drag con shirt that um, Terrell bought me to for a picture we took one night while watching drag race and i was like well all my other white shirts have like quotes like bark at the poon on them and upside down crosses i'm like i don't want to be that guy bark at the poon so i got there and i'm like well i don't know are, are drag queens controversial i don't feel like they are but i was just like kind of in my head in about modesto it. yeah and then i i had modesto. like i had my rings on and I was like, I wonder what these parents think of me. God, you are not built for Modesto. No. And then we, me and Oksana are the only people there without children. And then, you know, people start talking. We're like, oh, my God, we're older than most of these people. <laughs> and there was a couple there who were like, yeah, we wanted five kids. And it was like, this girl's 29 years old. It was her birthday that day. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dude, what a different life. She got three kids. Mm-hmm. She had three at the time. 29. Yeah. What time did that first one pop out? I don't know. They, she looked uh, fairly old. What, like? Nine? I, I think she might have been like seven or I eight. I have no idea. How did the 29-year-old look? Uh, 29 she, or she looked 46? No, I uh, I don't know. She she carried herself well. She seemed young. Like, yeah, she, yeah she, she got some city miles in that odometer. Well, no. she. I mean, honestly, I wish because I'm like, God, these people look more youthful and happy than me. Yeah. And I've just <laughs> been like party. Yeah, until you go down to the downstairs unit, there's a big walk-in closet. You hey, feel me? Here's the thing. I agree with you, and I really want that to be true. But I was looking around at these people. I'm like, I think they're doing it right. <laughs> and one of them, like, uh, Oksana gave her nephew this Babadook shirt we made forever ago that had, like, Mr. Mime. Yeah. It was a very complicated idea for nobody but us. Cool. And uh, one of them pointed it out. She was like, oh, is that the Babadook? She's like, and it was interesting because she has kids, clearly. Uh, this lady had two. And she was like, I had to turn that off and like kind of get my composure and come back into that. But she was like, I really like that movie. And I'm like, we're doing this wrong. <laughs> Sean Valerian of Osachi, how was uh, the birthday party yesterday? Did you have any issues wearing uh, couture that was not children appropriate? 
Uh, no, I ended up wearing the shirt I'm wearing right now, too, which has a Nosferatu pointing a rifle yep, at a we werewolf. Go. Okay. Right. <laughs> but uh <-huh. laughs> yep. uh, I ended up getting into the bouncy house or whatever the you hell did. you call it. The Jenny's jumper. Yeah, yeah, I got in for a for a couple minutes, and I don't feel like dying today. So I guess I'm aging pretty well. Here's the thing: we were looking at each other. And I'm like, we have like we were having like acne thing. Well, you know my hat knee, <laughs> and I'm like, God, I feel like I'm like the fucking fattest person here. And I'm like, dude, what the hell? I, I feel more stressed. I probably had more candy than these parents. They seem like every. You didn't get in the Jenny's jumper? No, hell no. I don't think Jenny would have appreciated that if I got in there. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny's Craig's yeah. jumper. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, and, you know, the white shirt thing almost backfired on me. Now, I was going to wear my Balboa long sleeve like we talked about off air. Yeah. But uh, beautiful from Harry Nordlinger. I'm glad I didn't because the fucking wind, it wasn't hot. It was windy, though. Yeah. Blew a whole Costco pizza onto me. <laughs> Flipped the box and it hit me. And I was like... With the with the pizza inside, and there was like half left. It was all yeah. the cheese that the kid like didn't take. So you got cool. you got a little pizza was whack on. anyways. Here's the thing: I got covered in a liquid, and I was like, "Oh god, I got pizza grease all over on me." But then Oksana was like, "No, it flipped over, and the pizza's on a chair." But I'm like, "What is this then?" I think somebody had a soda that hit me from my shoes to my head, though. So much soda got dumped because the kids would just leave their cans on the. Oh, table nobody finished like, anything. Whose is this? It's getting tossed. Dude, what the hell? Also, I want to complain about these children. They all had cake and pizza. Didn't finish one plate. And I want to complain because I wish I could do that. <laughs> I, I was like, I felt the obligation to finish their plates. Well, they're children. They're, you know, <laughs> that the motor's redlining at all times. Yeah, I know. But my mom used to be like, you need to finish that food before you get up. Yeah, yeah my mom said that when I was four. And then I got salmonella poison <laughs> from McDonald's chicken nuggets. And then the guilt saved you. That's right. No, no, guilt has never played a part <laughs> in Donna Thornton's life. Damn. Shout out to Donna. She powers through, baby. <laughs> powers through. Also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, as always, is it Randy Michael Stat, a.k.a. Randerson Cooper. That's me, big Anderson <laughs> Cooper fan over here, also wearing the same shirt that I wore yesterday. It's a very comfortable <laughs> green pocket tee. Uh, also, shout outs to... Um, the most famous uh, person that ever came out of Modesto, George Lucas, whose oh. net worth is six billion USD, according to Google. Well, that Disney, uh, that Disney put a big bump in there for him. I think yeah. he got four bill from that. Really? Yeah. I uh, heard about Modesto the first time when uh, Lacey Peterson died. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Modesto came onto my radar. Wow. Weren't oh, they yeah. from Daly City? No. Well, they lived in Daly City. They did? I thought they did. Scott Peterson, I thought they were from Daily City. I have no idea. I'm not up on my uh, serial killers from the Bay. I thought they were from Daily City. But while we're talking about clothes, uh, shout out to uh, Thomas Burke, who broke radio silence and contacted me. <laughs> um, not a lot of text again, uh, but he did send a picture of the socks he was wearing, which were also his girlfriend's socks and mis mismatched. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's good to know I have a brother in arms there. Are you looking that up to see if Lacey was from here? I thought they were. I thought he killed her in uh, <laughs> Dude, at the Balboa. They were seeing a movie. Kai was putting it on, and he offed her in front of a crowd. No, it was Modesto. Why am I thinking it was Daily City? Wishful thinking, dude. Mm -hmm. We need more high-profile crimes out here. I had a uh, 
teacher at the time. I was in college. His name was Scott Peterson, but it was uh, <laughs> spelled with an E instead of an O. Ooh. And people would constantly joke about whether he killed his wife or not. He didn't think it was all that funny. <laughs> That's funny because I remember the Seinfeld episode where Elaine was dating a dude with a uh, famous serial killer name <laughs> who had a trial going on at the time. And their reaction was completely different because people were angry about it and she was embarrassed. <laughs> I remember that People one. weren't joking. Wait, what? Do you remember that one where Elaine was dating? Uh, what was his name? He had the uh, name of a serial killer who was on trial at the time, and she was very embarrassed about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the dude's name. Yeah, I don't know. Crazy Joe Devola. Yeah, good enough. It was <laughs> definitely not Joe Devola, but. Randy, what'd you do yesterday? <laughs> uh, what did I do yesterday? Um, I went and saw a movie. I went on a long walk again, got a good 17,000 steps in. Damn. Ooh, cool. and, uh, Humble brag Magoo over here. I read a little bit of a book, but I didn't finish it because I start things and I never finish them. Cool. And uh, yeah, just kind of hung out. <laughs> do you, uh, you catch up on Ozark, dude? I've not seen the last like two or three seasons of Ozark. I'm out. What an absolutely. I don't know if I have seen a more ridiculous premise played so straight. <laughs> That is completely asinine, and it's potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> I just, dude, I I knocked out that last season in a day. I haven't watched an episode of it. Yeah, ever. You don't need yeah. to. It gets so ridiculous. Here's, let me explain this. Oh, spoiler! Fuck you. <laughs> At one point, they it's a TV show. It's they, fair game. They send Jason Bateman down. To run the biggest drug cartel in Mexico as oh. like a stand-in. Sh- like, and then the and then the head of the cartel's like, it's a good idea. See, see, good idea. I'm like, uh, this fucking show. See, you're giving me fucking breaking bad vibes. That's what I hated about Breaking Bad. No, but Breaking Bad There's a little bit there's more nuance in Breaking Bad. Yeah, but when he was in fucking Mexico fucking around and they had like the shootout by the jacuzzi. I was like, what are we doing? I was into this because it was about a teacher who decided to use his knowledge for evil. Well, babe, you got five seasons. I know. You know what I mean? There's a lot of time in TV. I know. And you got to keep ramping it up. Plus, you know, the budget gets bigger and they're like, oh, we can do bigger (laughs) things now. Yeah, but I liked it when he was making bombs and, you know, using physics, not like. I don't think it ever got away from that. They just had to circle back a little bit. Sure. Sure. Well, that was also the thing with Better Call Saul. Oh, really? Because that, that got bigger, too, because now we're fully entrenched in the crime um, world cartel stuff. Oh, but he's now. OK, let's because Saul Goodman is a friend of the cartel. now. Well, if we keep it business oriented and he's a just like a shitty lawyer for them or an attorney. Hey, I'm into that. I, you know what? I guess we moved out of the corporate angle of uh, Breaking Bad. No, because I guess he was working for the cartel. He just became like a weird pulp hero that i wasn't into yeah i i tell you i think that um i'm really liking how i think they're gonna end better call Saul because this is the last season yeah um i think we're three episodes in and, uh, i'm bummed I, that's a show i wish i would have stuck with it's great yeah it's great Same. now I, I i do want to continue this and we'll close the book on tv talk but we we've oh, talk TV, about tv talk um 
Now this is more Randy, I'm gonna encourage you to get into this, but Uh-oh. I know that you are a little bit hesitant <laughs> uh with um the wire and things akin to that, but um oh god, what was I can't what's the guy's name who made the wire? Bubbles. I can't think of his name. Oh, um the Simon David uh, Simon. Yeah. So David Simon has a new series on HBO. Oh, really? Called We Own This City. And he's gone uh, back to his roots. We are Chicago, Baltimore, God, we're in Baltimore <laughs> police, gun task force. Oh, dude, no. we are, and let me, let me, uh, only one episode has come out. Fantastic episode. Hmm. Everybody's loving it. Um, and dude, Russell, look at me. Yeah. So many people from the wire are, are sprinkled in here now and completely different roles. Marlo is now a cop. Okay. Poot. A cop, Slim Charles, just a guy. We see Slim. Uh, Jay is now the police commissioner of Baltimore. All right, you you know I gotta ask now. If this more like, hey, my shit hasn't been working like the wire, so I'm coming no. back. No, it, it no, it it feels completely fresh. All right, I'm looking at his shit right now. Uh, it is steamy and a dark brown. I, I'm sorry, I used the word shit too much. <laughs> it's like ninety something percent. I liked. Treme, yeah, I can't. He's I saw in like per- two episodes of that. I think I watched the whole thing. I thought Treme was beautiful. I need to get back. I I, I would like to do Treme. I missed it completely. Well, it, you know, it's visually stunning. I remember the theme song. Yeah, the uh, the music is fantastic. It's so much culture that I'm, I've never been exposed to. And then I'm looking what he did. Show me a hero. The Deuce. The plot against America. And then now we own the city. The Deuce. I couldn't get into. Uh, Again, another show me a hero is grim and gray and cold and bleak and gray. I think I like that. If I remember correctly, (laughs) Oscar Isaac, he played a guy in Yonkers. Oh God, no wonder Randy liked it. Dude, I highly recommend We Own the City. Uh, The first episode just dropped uh, last week, and I don't know if it comes out on like Sundays or Mondays, but um, on what HBO? Oh, okay, I could do that then. Yeah, God, are we paying for HBO? No, hell no. Okay, I, then we can't do it. I, I just re-up. Oh, I just re-up because I had to re-up because Barry's it. back. We have it through our yeah. internet provider. What? Something. Yeah, we have HBO. For free? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Party Cancel camera. your subscription then. I, um, I cycle through mine. You know, when the numbers came out that Netflix had lost like 33% in their stock or some shit, uh, there's been a lot of conversation about like reevaluating the streaming shit. And I'm sure you guys heard that all the streaming services are starting to look at a new way to do it where they have commercials and a free buy-in mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, like we're TV back to situation. Yeah. It's like, okay, Is we're Netflix back to cable TV. That? Yeah. Netflix. Yep. Damn. And it's funny because everybody talks about cable early on. And they're like, you yeah. know, when cable came out, there were no commercials. Well, Netflix is like $17 now. Yeah. But how funny is that? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I always talk about how I hate commercials, but also I feel kind of disconnected from culture without them. I think, I think Netflix, they lost their way a little bit. They made bold moves because they really started to hound the international market. Yeah. If you look at, you know, their offerings here in the U.S., a ton, a ton of international material that's coming in. And 
Is that and bad? No, I'm not saying it's bad, but what I am saying is that it, it didn't become a destination for movies. It, no. it became a destination of original content. Yeah. And then their original content started to get cloudy. And, you know, obviously a lot of kid stuff yeah. is real big with Netflix. Uh, real big international focus. I mean, you know, Squid Game broke the internet. For sure. And, uh, you know, and Money Heist and things like that. And, um, I don't know. Netflix just became, I think it started with like Stranger Things with me. Of like, I, yeah, I don't care. Oh, weird. You know, that they definitely had a ripple effect with the original content, too. But like, they don't get big movies anymore now. Like, I, I don't think movies, they care. Big movies go to like HBO. Well, I mean, think of the way we digest content now with people on TikTok. It's like short attention span, right? So you could get a TV show and have a million episodes, or you could get a movie. And then people are kind of like, HBO offers more for me than Netflix. Well, you know, and it's a little cheaper. There's a thing to consider there. HBO also has probably like 40,000 less titles on there. So one of the problems with Netflix with me is I don't never know what the fuck to watch on there. I feel like they're always inventing new menus to try and help you out. But there's shit on there that I really want to watch that you would have to literally type in the whole name to pull up. And it's like, it, it just doesn't work for me. But, um, yeah, I, you know, companies like Amazon, they have a dual income where, you know, they have Amazon Prime, which is a shipping company. So I don't think Amazon, actually, Amazon was talking about bringing back the fucking IMDb thing. Remember that? It's like IMDb channel and it's just got commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it looks like everything's going that direction. And I'm like, do we really need fucking Disney, Paramount Plus, Hulu, HBO, Netflix, <laughs> Shutter? I, I had to get YouTube TV again. You know what I'm going to do? Cancel it all. I'm going to get POV Horror again. I'm back on. (laughs) Which, you know what? While while I segued there. You went up. Who did? The price. Oh, POV? Mm -hmm. What's that? I think it's $4.99 or five bucks. (sighs) It's fucking done. No, I don't know. Actually, everybody should do it because we just made a deal with them for a uh, sponsorship package. So I guess they're going to put a... um, a playlist on there for our film fest that we failed to talk about on here, which is the F5 virtual edition. We've been flirting with Steinberg forever. And uh, honestly, and now we get to fall. Yeah. And now we're going to consummate the marriage. So yeah, everybody, maybe we should start doing commercials again. I remember those being a lot of fun because I didn't really have to do much. And you were just riffing. This segment brought to you by POVHard.com. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'm ready to start purging like all the streaming shit. And uh, I don't know, we could be, hey, what happened with Apple TV? What about My mom hit me up and was like, hey, they're allowing five other people to use your account now. So she sent me like a, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. I have no idea. Because I heard Netflix is going to undo that. They're going to start cracking down on all the sharing. I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly, I know. You know what looks terrible, speaking of TV talk on Paramount Plus? The mm. Godfather show, The Offer. I saw a commercial for it. It looks terrible. I know, and I want to watch it. Wait, so it's The Godfather, like, from the film? It's so- like the making of The Godfather. Yeah. Oh, they're doing, like, a Beatles thing, where it's like, we were recording while they were no, arguing. No, it's, it's, but it's a dramatization. It's, oh, mi- it's Miles. It's Miles Teller. That's whack. And if Randy's yeah. out, it's got to be low. Oh, no, it looks awful, and I <laughs> definitely uh-huh. want to see it. <laughs> Cool. I can't wait to hear about that. It does sound like a train wreck. Yeah, but that's another streaming thing I don't want to have to pay for. Yeah. Oh, it's on Paramount? Yeah, because every, I, I hate Paramount because it would always kick me out. 
I have to log back in on my TV. That's right. I remember because you had Paramount briefly, and I was watching all of uh, Bar Rescue just like on loop. <laughs> you know, that's my other problem. I do watch TV. It's just a hundred percent junk TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I can't. I can't sit down and give them thirteen hours. And that's what Ozark is, <laughs> and that's how we close the loop. All right. Well, I guess. Do you want to start this thing officially? All right, let's bring him in. You know, other than, um, you know, I could talk about that after. Yeah, let's bring him in. Good morning. It's May 1, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects, and everyone is welcome aboard the fun work train, <laughs> where you might have heard... Two additional dining cars have been added. What? So there's three dining cars to enjoy. (laughs) Whoa. And they each have fine food, treats, treats, drinks, including always fresh, hot coffee. Today, I'm going to be working, hopefully, with glue and tempera paint. Everyone, is he sniffing have a it? Great day! What were those guttural noises, dude? I think that coffee wasn't sitting well. That with was them. rough today. Yeah, you could hear that, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Again, if you're listening in your car or like on a speaker, I don't think you'll hear that. But if you have headphones on, you can clearly hear a. Sound like his stomach is grumbling. <laughs> Probably from that weak ass mud coffee. Randy's words, not mine. Mud water? Are you drinking mud water? Oh, I was I was making a joke about his shitty coffee. You know about mud water? You heard no. about mud water? What is mud Randy, water? Randy, you know about mud water? I've heard it advertised, but I don't really know what it's about. It's the new coffee, dude. It's made. It's basically mushroom tea. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I have heard about that. I'm into it. I'm, I like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. it's not the not the drug. No, I actually was thinking about trying to start taking that lion's mane. Have you heard of that? Yeah. I've met Joe. I used to take Lion's Mane for oh, a little bit. Oh, God. Is it attached to him? That seems like a Joe Rogan thing. Oh, weird. Or I don't Alex know. Johnson. It might be. Okay. If it's attached to him, they, I feel embarrassed. They both shell supplements. They do. Yeah. But I just, I want to be sharper. Like, whenever I feel cloudy, that's the worst feeling to me in the world. Other than when I was young and I had bad asthma. Like, uh, being unable to breathe is probably one of the worst you, things. You had asthma? Oh, yeah. Bad. You had a haler? I did. But you're good now? Uh, yeah, because honest. So I looked into, so me and Oksana, here, we're, we're doing a flashback now. We moved into a house that was dubbed a uh, mildew house oh, at one point. That's not good. And we moved into a room. There's this nice Brazilian family uh, gave it to us, basically, mm-hmm. because it was totally illegal to be living in there. Very cheap. And um, we moved everything in and we slept in this room and we were fine and and then we did a deeper clean and we noticed, oh, there's like fucking black mold all, all over every wall. I don't know if it was black mold. It's better for the story. So uh, <laughs> I instantly, upon seeing it, started like locking up and I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't breathe. That night I didn't sleep because I couldn't, like, I was struggling the whole time. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yesterday I was fine. You look it up, uh, it's almost like 100% psychosomatic. And I think that's why in a lot of films you get like in like it, 
whenever we have a character who needs an inhaler, it's really them dealing with like anxiety or something. Like you have to overcome a fear. Yeah. So I'm not like mm-hmm. discounting asthma because I've definitely been through it. But dude, it hasn't fucked with me since I kind of became aware of that. Yeah, I don't know. But do you keep an inhaler on your person? No. I feel like if you do that, you're almost begging for it. Like you're kind mm-hmm. of okay. But I still got one day. at home. There are times like God, it hasn't been for years. We honestly, did, we tried to get him one. It was a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it was for, but he was having trouble breathing. And they're like, "Ah, no, you're good. We're not going to give you one." Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Normally, drug dealers are a lot more receptive <laughs> to uh, cash money, but this one just wouldn't give it up. Well, why would I, I take mine sometimes before I go on a jog? Yeah, I don't know. So you're preemptively taking it. Yeah, I feel like it has helped though. Because I just feel like I have bad lung capacity. I don't know. I feel like you're juicing, dude. You're like injecting these steroids into your lungs. That's how you're doing 17,000 miles a day. Yeah, I take the uh, inhaler through the butt, actually. It works better that way. (laughs) It bypasses the liver. It's a good move. You have bad lung capacity because you take 17,000 steps, but you maybe say 500 words a day. That's probably true, too. How about you stretch them lung muscles, baby? No, I'm trying. I think a, a big part of my uh, respiratory problems are a, uh, I think I have a deviated septum. And I remember, God, it's making me cringe thinking about it. I was at a uh, bar with some people and they're they reminiscing about the days they used to do Coke, oh, which gosh. I've never done. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool story. You guys are real fucking cool. And they're like, isn't it funny how like you have to test your nostril to figure out which one's best? And I remember thinking, wait, there's a good and a bad one because I have one that works and one that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, like period, like all the time. So that's probably it. The inhaler was just helping me out mentally. <laughs> Why was I talking about this? Black question. Mushrooms. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah we can get away from this now. <laughs> also, mug water, it doesn't taste like coffee. Someone says a chai cocoa combo that tastes like cinnamon rich mocha. Yeah, I didn't say it tastes like coffee, Ooh. but it's the substitute for coffee. Now I'm sold. I love a chai. Yeah. With a hint of ginger and an earthy aftertaste. Earthy is a is an alarming word because <laughs> it just means dirt. Well, after we uh, were in the East Bay this week um, shooting, I, God, we shouldn't be doing this here, but we went out and got kava, and that is a very earthy root that makes your numb your mouth numb. So, yeah, what is this garbage? Um, I don't know. It's a it's a uh, substitute drug that a lot of sober people drink. Some hipster bullshit. Whoa, dude. Had, have you ever had it? I have not, no. I know it was a big thing, like, yeah, in San Francisco, New York, years ago, too. Yeah. Well, I party in the East Bay when I'm on Kava, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's better. Better in the East Bay. Everything is. What happened to just fucking huffing an aerosol case? I know, right? The whippets? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, just do a whippet. It's just lowbrow. That's more TikTok shit. Are kids still doing whippets? Or? Dude, let's make a TikTok where it's just like us doing whippets. It's the only videos we post. I used to do whippets. I know adults that do whippets. <laughs> and by adults, I mean my age. Okay. Yeah, you're like, you're JC, dude. You're 33. All right, now, <laughs> you're Doxum, adult. dude. What's the first and last name? Uh, make it up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, you got a segment? Oh, no, I don't. Uh, Thomas did contact me uh, to send me that picture of socks, but that's it. Okay. So I think he might be held hostage and forced to wear women's clothing. Uh, as for the uh, Noir Western, I got a good one lined up. 
but my God, we've been working on this film fest that we haven't been talking about on here forever. Again, a five digital May 7th. We'll give that to you on Thursday. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll come back with the noir thing. So I don't know. Be ready. Install a seatbelt so you can buckle up. Oh boy. You don't want to get in a wagon accident. In yeah, you don't want to hit a jackrabbit or whatever that was. Hey, here's a little tease. Uh, the next guy I'm going to talk about also wore an eye patch. <laughs> I don't know what was <laughs> happening back then, but Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, he's in a uh, trial right now. That's true. I heard. <laughs> I heard it's pretty good. It's very entertaining. All right. Randy Michael. Yes, sir. Step up to the plate. All righty. Um, so last week I talked about uh, Atlanta Film Festival where I saw Marcel the Shell. I saw a, another movie uh, playing the Atlanta Film Festival this past week at Dad's Garage, which is a improv theater that they uh, do screenings in for, for the film fest. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's an improv. That's it's very name, convenient. Yeah. It was literally about two blocks from my apartment. Damn, that sounds rad. like an improv group's name, though. Dad's, Dad's Garage. Garage. Yeah, it does kind of. I haven't been there for any shows, but um, I don't know. Might be fun to check out. It's n- improv's never fun. Improv, yeah. I'm like, if you want to go cringe, <laughs> <laughs> cool venue though. But uh, I saw this movie that uh, is a local production called the Murder the Murder Podcast, directed by either William Bagley or Bagley. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. How do you feel? I feel like it's probably Bagley, but I'm go. not sure. Because Ed? Yeah. So if you're listening to this, uh, I apologize if I uh, pronounce your name incorrectly. Is it an E-A? But, uh, <laughs> no, it's just B-A-G-L-E-Y. It's probably Bagley. It's probably yeah, Bagley. I, I grew up with some Bagleys. Yeah, don't worry, Randy. I've uh, called former guest Isaac on here, and they, uh, <laughs> yeah. they forgave just, me. I don't. True. <laughs> you're a different subject, man. Uh, yeah, breed. so this movie uh, features a uh, very local um, cast and crew and everything. It sounds like it was um, made pretty quickly and um, with a pretty small crew, but it looks great. Um, so essentially, it is a movie about these um, two friends. Uh, one's name is Chad, and the other's name is Eddie. Uh, Chad is played by Andrew McDermott and Eddie is played by Cooper Buka. And uh, they Cooper do Buka. a podcast together. And Chad is the host of that podcast. And it is called um, Ramen Reviews with Chad. So essentially, they're in his sister's basement where they record the podcast and he's just reviewing um, ramen, essentially like um, microwave ramen. Wait, so they, they, they move up from the sister's basement to dad's garage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they have this very niche uh, ramen podcast. And um, like early on, they, they have a celebration because their latest episode got 103 listens, which was up 15% from the last week, which I thought was very funny. This is a very, very comedy forward. It is uh, partially a horror movie uh, as well. but um. Essentially, they're kind of like they're kind of like stony, goofy dudes uh, who are doing this ramen podcast, and um, there is a murder that happens uh, like next door to them, and uh, essentially they, you know, they're like, oh, this is this is the new thing that you know we uh, 
maybe we could get out of this niche of just reviewing ramen and, um, you know, cash in on the, uh, the murder podcasting game. Dude, try to solve this murder. Randy, now tell me that every small podcast hasn't fantasized about that. I know scary thoughts on air has like lamented, like, why did we pick horror? Everybody loves true mm-hmm. crime. How easy would it have been to just go into true crime and actually have people listen? Uh, now, you told us- I uh, fucking hate it. Uh, I know. Here, You told me off air, though, that uh, it was comedy forward and you wouldn't know if I liked it. Yeah. I respect that that plot so much that I'm kind of pumped to watch it. So I I'm think, totally- I'm in. I think you will like it. The Like the commentary, like even like- that joke in the beginning of them celebrating 103 listeners, which is oh, like yeah. 15% by the fall yep. by the previous week is very just like, so just like, you know, I look at our uh, podcast statistics every once in a while too. And like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more than that most weeks, but true. You're um, being generous yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But uh, yeah, it, it, uh, the jokes worked very well. The writing is really fun. Um, you know, essentially they go to try and, like solve this murder and uh it doesn't it doesn't go as planned so um like one of the first things they go to the person's house where someone was murdered and they want to like talk to um their mom or something like that and they uh walk up to their house um and they like knock on the door they're like hey we want to uh help you solve this or whatever she's like i'm not talking to the news they're like we're not the news we're a podcast and then it just like is a cut to her like shutting the door on their face. <laughs> um, so it's very funny, uh, like very smart. It really kind of reminded me, although it's very different of the show, um, Only Murders in the Building, uh, just a very goofy show with Steve Martin um, where they essentially do a murder podcast and they're just like these old boomers uh, doing this podcast. Um, very fun show. Um, but yeah, the murder podcast was was very cool. Um, they did a Q&A and a lot of the cast and crew came up on stage and yeah, it was very fun screening. Uh, I did reach out and try to get you guys a screener as well. Like you mentioned. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll talk about it more down the road. Good deal. You never wanted to do a true crime. I, 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 I hate, I hate that stuff. Um, me too, <laughs> but it's more yeah. the idea just that people like it. So it's like, oh, hey, we could talk about this if, thing. If something is profoundly popular, mm-hmm. there is such a strong chance it fucking sucks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or it like points to a weird uh, trend in a culture. <laughs> like the fact that, you know, we like to get on here and joke around and talk about film, but people want to hear. You know, I, I remember I listened to one sword and scale, I think. Oh, I can't. Dude, I remember when that so was much. like hitting like fire? And people, I know. It was, and then I was dude, like, this fucking blows. Well, I hate this. It's not even fun. No. Like, I remember somebody had. And also, sort of that stuff, it seems like not predatory, but it, it comes across as. It's exploitive for sure. A hundred percent. Dude, the one I listened to, um, it was a computer reading a transcript because no human wanted to. And it was, it was denoting uh, these uh, people who are cannibalizing children and they had them in their freezer. And I'm like, okay, gross dude. Like, (laughs) yeah, but women love it. Yeah. Women fucking are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Women love true crime and horror. So uh, we're happy you're here. All two of you. I hate this. Oksana does count as one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Oksana, do you like true crime? Not, Dude. not like especially. But She's the one that jumped out with Lacey Peterman. Peterson. 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 See, I, I don't I don't worship him. You're the one with the poster on the wall. <laughs> I like I listened to the first season of that of serial. Uh I was yeah, not same. into the second one at all. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't really I don't seek it out or anything. I don't like being confronted with mortality that often, but I <laughs> but I like horror movies. I don't know. It's it's weird. Horror's different. We, Randy's talking about a podcast that uh it, it's a comedy. You know, murder murder cast. I don't know. It's not confronting yourself with like your mortality. More like your bad choices in art. It's <laughs> <laughs> the purpose of this show once yeah, a week. Exactly. Hey, what yeah. else you got? Uh yeah, so I was just looking for a movie to see last uh yesterday. Um and I didn't really oh, know what to yesterday. uh Yeah. I didn't really know what to check out. Um I was near the Midtown Art Cinema here in Atlanta. And I saw uh, that this movie called Hit the Road, which is an Iranian film, uh, was playing. And, you know, just this poster of this uh, young kid, essentially, like, through the uh, sunroof of this car. And he's just kind of, like, looks very happy. And I was like, eh. And it looks like it might be kind of, like, a quirky, kind of, like, a road movie. Um, and so I was like, yeah, it sounds like it might, might be cool. Um, so I went and checked it out. It's directed by Panah Panahi, who is the son, I believe, of Jafar Panahi, who is a pretty um, famous Iranian director. He, uh, I believe, like went to prison and then um, essentially Iran told him, they essentially like cut him off from like making movies because I think he was being too critical of the government. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he made a movie called This Is Not a Film in 2011, which oh, I hear is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know this asshole. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe this is his son who wrote and directed this. Is that um, the kid so in the The six year old? <laughs> yeah, he directed the whole thing. He does look very happy. He does. He does, look, yeah. He is stoked. It's right also now, like if you were going to break down the formula to make a uh, heart wrenching indie poster. I yeah. feel like they've nailed it. I don't know what it is about the arms wide with like a young kid and smiling that with just, a Christmas sweater on. What other posters look like that? Like, uh, what the hell? Uh, um, American Honey isn't that kind of like the same? Or like, Randy, what Kinda, was that? Yeah, what was that trilogy movie that was kind of like uh, four hundred blows, but it was like Iranian? I think it was Iranian. I can't remember. We've talked about it on here before. Not sure. Hostile. Yeah, hostile. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I, it just the poster, you nailed it. It looks like, yeah, I'll probably be into this movie. Yeah, I was like, it's probably just like an Iranian indie movie, which should be fun. Um, it is definitely, you know, like an Iranian indie movie. It's definitely a road movie, but it's, uh, it's different. It diverted my expectations quite a bit. I'm going to read um, this small synopsis. An eccentric family takes a road, through, a road trip through sun-drenched Iranian landscape as they accompany their eldest son to a mysterious destination. Um, so yeah, this, this movie gets a little weird. You're not entirely sure um, where they're going or why they're on this road trip. You're not sure if it's a vacation at first. Um, you start to get a little more information towards like the middle or the end of the movie. But essentially, yeah, it's a father and mother, this um, like six-year-old kid who is a great actor in this movie, um, very lively. Um, and then there is like a 20, I don't know, mid twenties, maybe early thirties, um, son who is apparently getting dropped off somewhere. It's very mysterious. 
they are told that they should not bring any cell phones where they're going. Um, and yeah, it's a kind of withholding as to what is happening and you don't necessarily get any answers by the end, but I really liked it. Um, especially since it definitely diverted my expectations of what it was from the poster. Um, it feels like it kind of takes place in a little bit of like a, I don't know, metaphorical place. Um, but it does feel very real at the same time too. There's a scene where, um, the father and the six year old son, they are essentially like camping out on the side of the road. And, um, the father's like laying on his back. He has a broken leg and like a cast and, uh, the son like lays on top of him, and they're both like looking up at the stars and they're talking about Batman. And, uh, they, it does this thing where it kind of like zooms out. And then it kind of reminded me of that scene in, uh, first reformed with, uh, Ethan Hawke and Amanda Seyfried, where they're like laying down, staring at each other. And it goes off in this weird, like spacey, uh, sort of like sci-fi kind of thing. It has a very similar scene in this movie, which was very cool. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much more. I think there's a lot of like really interesting stuff in it. Um, yeah, I definitely want to like dig into it a little more and kind of like listen to some interviews, but it was really good. I dug it. Three stars. <laughs> Four. Okay. Oh, damn. Also, I was talking about the Apu trilogy. That's what it was. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Here's the thing. As soon as you said it, I had the image in my head. Yeah. And I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Uh, which is why I said hostile. Like I think the the first one was like Pather Pajali. Yeah. I can't I can't remember. Apu trilogies for Criterion yeah. fans, I think, as it came out on there. Also, it's May. So what were we talking about last time where I'm like, oh, it's not happening. Oh, Patricus. All his films should now be on the Criterion channel. Okay, yeah. have yourself a happy May. Yeah. <laughs> really upbeat start to the month. That's right. Fire up Ape and have a great time. We should watch <laughs> The Alchemist Cookbook, though. All right. I feel like that's one of... Um, I want to watch Ape again. Yeah, I'm d- dude, Ape is good. Dude, he's Ape. a good director. Go listen to our episode. We had him on the damn show. What episode was that? Somebody look it up. Randy, you got anything else? That's it. All right, Russell, fire it up. Uh, we got a retread, baby. Oh, really? Okay, hold on. Let me. Uh, I have to dig out the machine and uh, hire the guy to wreck his car. Um, whenever you're ready, do it. It's the Randy retread. <laughs> I <hella> like that. <laughs> Yesterday, I went. I ventured out into the great city of ours, San Francisco. The city by the bay, Russell. That's where I went. Never heard of it. Decided I had to figure out what I wanted to do. Now, again, there are several, several different motion pictures that are playing at various motion picture houses uh, throughout this great area which we occupy. And so my decision yesterday... You know, I had to, I had to figure out the times, math the times, figure out if I wanted to double up, figure out if I was going to do a single venture. Where was I going to go? When was I going to eat? I was very hungry when I woke up yesterday. <laughs> so I figured I was going to eat before, see a picture at noon, everything worked out to go see Petite Maman, which is playing at the Metreon. So by the purposes of that, I saw Petrite Metrion. Oh, I would have went Petite Metrion. <laughs> what did I say? 
Patreet. He stumbled on it a little bit, wow. but I stumble my words all the time. <laughs> Petite Metrio. Hey, you you had confidence though. So, I thought so. you meant that. No. Okay. All right. Randy, fix that in post. I'm a little hot. <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. I have no notes on this. This is a perfect film, as far as I'm concerned. Hell yeah. I have no notes. What else can you say? This thing, first of all, I just want to congratulate everyone who was involved with this production. Uh, they nailed it. I want to congratulate our director and writer, Celine Siama, Ooh. from Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which we know most famously as the poster in Randy's room, which he's currently <laughs> occupying. <laughs> By the way, I've still never seen that Me either. picture. I would like to, though. That's good. But based upon what I have witnessed in Petite Maman, sign me up. I'm there. No problems. All right, Celine. If Celine's there, Clark's in tow. We understand? Because <laughs> this, this was magical. What a magical little 75-minute picture. That's right. 75 minutes. This thing started at 12 o'clock. When I say start, that means preview start at 12 o'clock. The end credits were rolling by 1.30. Wow. Are you kidding me? I'm into that. What a wonderful experience. It was me, nine other single dudes in this theater. <laughs> it was, there were 10 people, and it was all dudes by themselves. I think there were like two 60-year-old women, which uh, I should have hollered because that's my target market right there. <laughs> But anyway, Petite Maman, let's talk about it. Nellie has just lost her grandmother and is helping her parents clean out her mother's childhood home. She explores the house and the surrounding woods. One day she meets a girl her same age building a treehouse. Okay, I'm not going to spoil Petite Maman, oh, right. but what I will say is that this is a fairy tale. I've heard that. And... It's wonderful. Uh, the fact, if you don't at least well up in this, you have no heart. The, some of the lines in here just can cut you to your core of just pure truth and sadness of life. <laughs> and just um, really a very creative exploration of a mother-daughter relationship. Um, and I am... This story could only exist as an exploration of a mother-daughter relationship. It would not work as father-son. Hmm. And I don't want to get into spoiler territory. Good. Because what I mean by that is, uh -oh. it would be far less <laughs> You're interesting. You're scaring us. <laughs> what? They're just hugging. No, no, I'm, I'm where you're going. You're like, I don't want to get in spoiler territory. No, but no, I don't mean that. What I mean is... Like we're is turning that, off the road here. No, it's just, it's just good. it would be far less interesting and far less sweet and far less poignant because boys at eight years old, um, we just pee on everything and destroy. And we would not get... Um, also, the, the girls that are... They're actual sisters um, in real life because they look very similar. Yeah. And they are actual sisters, and that, um, you definitely feed off that, because they, they those two are just, uh, they're great. And um, I love everything about this. 
And yeah, I, again, it's there's there's not a, a whole lot more I can say because I, I just encourage everyone to go see it. Um, it was playing at Metreon. Was glad that I was able to see it in a theater. Again, seventy minutes, man. Like, come on. It's funny. I um, I'm clearly very aware of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but I, you know, I was doing my research while you were talking, and I went into IMDb and I'm like, well, what else has she worked on? She's like the queen of when you're parousing physical media in a store, like out here, Amoeba or like Resputin RIP, and uh, you're looking through and. In the indie section, you always see Tomboy, Girlhood, Water Lilies. And I think those are all movies that I might own and have never watched. But Hmm. like, just looking at her filmography, I'm like, oh shit, she's that. She's her. So, man, I hate this shit. Because I want to watch all of these, and I know it's highly unlikely I'll watch any of them. You should absolutely watch this. I know. It's the easiest watch in the world. Yeah, I, I want to. But you know again it's perfect yeah um randy what did you rate it It sounds like clark gave it a five but you watched it while it was on the film fest circuit right no i watched it on movie uk via vpn what (laughs) yeah wait a minute you watched it on what movie i've been sitting on the uk you retired the fucking segment right after I did watch something on movie. Actually, I didn't talk about it and I'm not going to talk about it right now, but it's not over. It's a segment that comes in quarterly, <laughs> but I rated petite Maman four and a half. I'll probably go five, but I feel like five is revert reserved for movies that are like classics for me. See, you need some time to grow. Yeah, you, you're putting too much pressure on the five star, dude. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. <laughs> it's cool. It's my own rating system. I don't I care. I get it. I get it. I get what it. What the fuck? Why does he get support for his weird quirks and <laughs> rating? No, I, but I, I have, get hate. No, but I've given up with you. <laughs> it makes no goddamn sense. I don't. What? you? It needs to age but like it, a fine wine? But it works for you. No, because I. the only reason is because I... I I feel like I went through a similar thing that Randy, what Randy said. Of course. Man. And I, you know, I did it when rating films from our film fest. Cause I'm like, what do you want? What? I'm like, what does it say that you want to program a movie? Clearly you like it, but what if you don't think it's as good as a different movie we programmed? And I was like, wait, who the fuck am I? Who's reading my letterbox? That's going to be like, was that honest? I'm like, you know what? If we showed your movie, I'm giving it five. Yeah. So I don't give a fuck. I'm like, Hey dude, I'm doing this. I want to support you. People should watch it. So, yeah, I don't know. It is weird how we kind of put that pressure on there. But uh, again, Randy says it's not worth that half a star and that you're a hack for giving it five. It's probably my favorite movie I've seen this year. I'll say that much. I'll say, yeah. But you haven't seen the Batman yet. No. <laughs> or Doctor Strange Part 2, Metaverse coming unglued. Multiverse Sam Raimi. <laughs> I know. And I, if I'm honest, I feel a little bad. Because I don't want to watch it. Multiverse. I feel like I should. I'm like, Sam Raimi, Doctor Strange, he's interesting. I'm tired. I, I, I got enough Doctor Strange in the last Spider-Man. I didn't watch that either. Yeah, yeah. me neither. It's like, ooh. ooh. Um, <laughs> Oksana, what's the last Marvel movie we went to? What was after Civil War? <laughs> no. I, I feel like I was trying to have this conversation with someone on Friday, and I couldn't remember the name of it. I think we saw, we saw Endgame. Yeah, you saw yeah, Endgame. that one. Was that it? so <laughs> whatever i stand by that it's fine 
Yeah. Only, Am I missing out on anything? No, I only see the Spider-Mans. I, you know, I feel like there is that culture. That yeah. is a thing. And we did, oh, man, I was kind of pumped because when we were driving to Modesto, they have a thing that the Bay Area doesn't, which is Walmart. Mm-hmm. And Walmart carries some shitty horror movies. And I was pumped. And we ended up going to a Target. <laughs> and I'm like, man, the only thing they got here is Spider-Man. And I felt the pull, man. I was like, am I going to buy fucking No Way Home right now? And I was like, I can't do it. So I didn't. Last week, I introduced a new segment to the show. This week, Pay Dirt. Oh, God. It's back-to-back segments of the show. This is Clark revisits old movies he watched a long time ago and wanted to see if they held up or didn't hold up. (laughs) End of segment talk. Oh, do you want a stinger? Give me a stinger. All right. This week, Clark talks about, last week, we laid down the groundwork. We were talking about Splat Pack, weren't we? Oh, we were. A little bit of Hostel, a little bit of Eli Roth, a little bit of the old one-two, a little bit of the old high cheese right down the plate. As we talked about, it didn't hold up for me. (laughs) (laughs) But Hostel Part 2, friends, we're back in the zone. I'm annoyed. I wanted to watch this. Hostel Part 2 is good yeah that's what i remember it's good it's what i wanted in hostile one i am so glad he went to an all-female cast here because in hostile one it was all the bros and it was boring and in hostile part two they kill jay hernandez very quickly Mm -hmm. um well they kill him twice they kill him once in a dream (laughs) and then they cut his head off in the kitchen um spoiler hostile part two came out in 2007 (laughs) yeah go fuck yourself i get it and if you listen to the show strong chance you've seen (laughs) hostile part two yeah and if you haven't seen hostile part two by now you're not seeing hostile part two i don't know honestly if you hadn't seen it that wouldn't ruin the movie that's just like a little thing yeah no but so, also, shut up. Like, that's a spoiler. So, three American college students studying abroad are lured to a Slovakian hostel and discover the grim reality behind it. So, essentially, the same story, the same plot as we had before. But, like I said, we're subbing out for the girls. Three girls are there studying abroad instead of trying to party through Amsterdam. Studying abroad? Uh, well, there's also <laughs> a little bit of that. And we get into the same thing. Now, here's the thing. We've got, uh, I like all the actors The actors we have here. Um, Bijou Phillips plays the sort of, uh, the little slutty one, all right? She's the one out there trying to get that, uh, you know, that, that uh, you understand? European hog? I'm trying, I'm trying to be <laughs> friendly here. I'm trying to get smashed. Tight. Heather. Uh, Lorna, she plays the annoying one, the the booky one, the one's always reading the book. She's always bringing down the mood of the other two girls. Now, did, hold on, did you just shy away from her last name? You're so good at the last name. Yep. Come on, nope, power and through. Heather Matarazzo. Matarazzo. Again, uh, Gretcher Weenin. Weenin. Weiner. I love her. She's great. Yeah, I fucking love her. And she's the first one to die. And she gets nude in the movie, which I felt weird about. Because the wiener dog holds such we'll, a... We'll get back to her death scene. Yeah. 
And then Lauren Germain plays Beth, um, who is the uh the 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 survivor girl, as it were, um, in this particular thing. And and again, we learn in um act one of the motion picture that uh she comes from a very, very wealthy family. So this is Chekhov's wealth being used. <laughs> so Eli Roth using Chekhov's wealth. Now, we've also got a couple douchebags here. Uh, Richard Berge and that very strange-looking man with very intense eyebrows who was the husband in Desperate Housewives. Roger Bart plays Stewart. Um, and the reason... I like Hostel 2 a lot more because we get a fuller picture of the operation. Mm-hmm. And we start to see, you know, the the powerful and the influential be involved in this world when they have bidding wars and we see, you know, just a sort of montage of rich people on their phones trying to bid on American girls and it goes up to like $75,000 to kill them. But it's like, you know, businessmen um, you know, men on golf courses, men at the beach, and then there's a there's a cowgirl woman yeah. riding the range in like Montana. Dude, I remember that. Yeah. Or it's just showing them all over the world. Yeah. Dude, I love that. It's good. Um and by the way, they still rip that shit off today. Um what was they ripped that off hard in fresh oh. and did it in a much less interesting way. And it was lame as shit. I hate fresh. Terrell, I love you, <laughs> but that movie blows. It was rotten. Okay. I so, did pull up uh, the Rotten Tomatoes for Hostel 1 and 2. Do you have any idea where they're at? Is Hostel more than Hostel 2? Uh, by which standard? The tomato meter fresh? or the audience? I, I only care about the tomato meter. Uh, the tomato meter hostile. One of them is at fifty nine percent. Do you think that's one or two? I think that's one. That's one. Do you know what two is at? Probably thirty four. Forty four. That's it, that's so wrong. I know. And uh, do, what about the audience though? I hope the audience is higher for two. Hostile one fifty three percent. So what do you think two's at? I would say fifty nine. Thirty nine. God. Hostel two is way better. Over two hundred and fifty thousand ratings too, so it's like a lot of people weighed in. Hostel two is way better. You know, I wish you could see what year they weighed in. Because I feel like maybe at the time it would have been higher and now it didn't age well, or maybe not, because you're talking about gender politics. It's women forward here. Here's the thing, we're doing a lot of the same things that we do in, in one. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the kids play a big part in this. I, I I think I failed to mention the kids that are in Hostel Part One. You know, there's like a gang of eight year olds that, you know, are murderous. Also, they kill a kid in Hostel Two. They do it off screen, but he shoots yeah. a kid in the head. Um and then we, we we get a little bit more of the guy running the operation. Um I don't know. It's it's just it seems more complete to me. The kills are much better. The gore is uh, more uncomfortable because I remember the biggest thing I remember from seeing Hostel Part Two was that first was that first death scene um, with uh, Miss Mats- Matarazzo. Okay. Oh, that was the first kill. That was the first kill. The Elizabeth Bathory one. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is this feels icky. Well, at the time, I was very into Miss uh, Bathory, yeah. and I was like, whoa, they're doing. And now I'm kind of like, it's hack material. But yeah. I, yeah, 
It was cool. I fucking like her. Damn it, I wanted to watch this movie again. I probably won't alone, though. Oksana hates these films. She calls them murder porn. I've never seen it. I'd watch it. What the fuck? You've never seen Hostel? <laughs> I haven't seen part two. I wasn't crazy about part one. She's uh, better than one. She was a very highbrow, clothes-smoking goth back in those days. Shit. So she was probably like, they're also, doing it wrong. you can see when the reviews went up, most of them are from 2008. Like, Oh, okay. They, they are from the time. 2009. Then there's like, Two from 2010, one from 2015, and one from 2020. Okay, so you just tune in to check me. Sorry, I got bored in the pandemic. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> is, is it Clark? Check. That's right. <laughs> Fire up the old hostel. Yeah, what the fuck? Can we start reviewing on there? We need to start changing uh, perspective for these films. Probably as an audience member, but Clark doesn't care about audience reviews, so oh, I don't you know, know if he'd want to. Back in the day, I did try to get in the like actual tomato thing when we were doing the blog. Yeah. They want a lot out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's only gotten more and more strict, but whatever. Well, plus they suck. Yeah. Maybe so, a verified audience member. Are you going to continue on to three? I I have seen three most recently before I started this whole thing. Um, I saw three through Redbox when it came out. Whoa. Yeah. Weird. Which is, I think, a decade now. I think three is the movie I own on DVD, like I mentioned, I think, last week, on that split Hostel 2, Hostel 3 thing. I've never watched it, though. Yeah. Well, Hostel Part... Yeah, 2011. I watched it Redbox. Um, I'm down. It never... It it was a straight-to-DVD. Also, you know, talking about children dying, I, um... I recently went on fucking microdose with Kush, and I realized we go on that show a lot and never plug it. This time it was just me, and without Clark there to like rein in the show, I went on a fun and uh, fluid two hours with Kush, who was getting noticeably wasted during the thing. The show wasn't that long, though. Yeah, oh, he, it was? Okay. He, he must have cut a lot. He probably did cut a lot. I don't blame him. I mean, he opened up talking about the Northmen and he's like, you know, I'm not, I don't really want to get into it because I'm going to cover that next week. But we talked about the Northmen a lot. And I thought of that because of child killing. One of the things I overlooked in the Northmen was how morally like ambiguous it was. It like there's, they kill a house full of children in that movie. When uh, we first joined the Vikings, we're on a longboat. And when the guy puts down his like oar, takes out a bow and just shoots the guy on the beach. And then everybody laughs. And I'm like, you know, I think I got to go watch that movie again. So I was very like meh on it, even though I liked it. I dude, I'm ready to revisit it. I think I'm going to fly out to Atlanta and go see it with Randy. Let's do it. We have to go in the afternoon, though, so I don't fall asleep again. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about going to see it today because uh, I only saw Petite Maman yesterday. And uh, I mean, gonna, I, I mean, look, should I go see the Northman or should I go see the Nick Cage thing? I already feel like I know what the Nick Cage thing's going to be. I think you know what they're both going to be. So you I should, know that's why I don't want to go. Do you want to do a like pretty? Uh, there's some interesting storytelling going on with the Northman, like hero stuff. I mean, it's Viking Hamlet. Do you want to see that or do you want to see a self-aware comedy starring Nick Cage? Maybe I'll just go see Sonic. I know. They're both kind of <laughs> like, I totally feel you. I, yeah. <laughs> go yeah. see Sonic. I mean, if you go see Sonic, it will give us a reason to pull the trigger on that Severn release. If uh, I go see the Northman, I'd, I'd go maybe to... Um, Daily City, get a beer. No. Uh, Stonestown, the RPX thing. Stoned figure out what's Town. going on there. What the fuck is RPX? I don't know. But you get in a car and start driving and they play the movie? Fancy stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like a Dolby Cinema, I think. 
it's just like better sound and like better seats and shit yeah. like that. All I want is it to be loud. I feel like theaters already have better sound. Said the metalhead. <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs> I did see it in a Dolby cinema too, and I still fell asleep. <laughs> I remember one time I went to a uh, festival. And I fell asleep during Evanescence, and one of my buddies thought God. it was the coolest thing ever. He's like, how the fuck did you fall asleep at this concert? And, you know, I don't even think I was drinking. I'm just so fucking cool that I went to bed. I wasn't there. I was like, Were you standing up? Clearly, you weren't there. <laughs> no, I was not. I think it was at, um, I don't know. I don't know where the fuck it was, but there were seats everywhere. Actually, it was probably Shoreline, which is uh, uh. garbage. You pay more money to get uncomfortable seats, and then you feel trapped to them. It's much more fun to have a mosh pit on a hill that you roll down into a pile of bodies and everybody's groaning. And <laughs> I've better memory. I'm not even joking. I have better memories of that. I mean, you're, you're all looking at the same screens cause no one sees the people anyway. I know. Yeah. You know, shoreline. How, how much fun is that? Um, all right. You're all done. Done. Okay. Well, like I said, this week has been brutal. Uh, we've been working, oh God, I'm such a procrastinator and we've got a film fest around the corner uh, on Saturday, May 7th, we're doing a five, uh, virtual and we're still loading it up. Um, I know we haven't talked about it much on here and I, I think we'll do that later on this week. So I'll mention all the cool shit we're going to do there, but I mean, literally I've not watched a movie until today. I uh, kindly asked Randy and Clark if they would be able to push back this episode so I could cram something in. I was trying to figure out a way on Letterboxd to sort by runtime, and I don't think you can. So I was desperately looking for like a 70-minute long movie. And I'm like, I would like it to be topical. I didn't want to go through Shudder. So I opened up Amazon, and I had remembered that a uh, loyal listener, Rich, had sent... um, he basically given me access to his Amazon prime account so I could watch all the movies that he had bought that they has been removed from Amazon since then. And I remember in February for found footage, February, I'd started a film called uncut rage that had, uh, I believe at the time I talked about it being like a Brian De Palma film where the whole thing is one shot, but it's split screen. So it's like a one shot movie times two. And, um, it opens up, with a girl, uh, it, it, it's handheld footage, like it looks in-world camera, and she's tied up on the floor, and she has a plastic bag wrapped around her head. And I remember being like, fuck yeah, this is perfect. I'm going to watch this. And then it's not in-world camera after that. But it still looks super interesting, so I kind of put it in the queue of movies that I'll never revisit. Guess what? I revisited it today. And um, so from 2020, there's a movie called Uncut Rage. I believe it's a French production and, and dude, it was fucking rad. Um, like I said, we open up with a girl on the floor. Uh, it looks like snuff video, probably shot on video and, uh, she's screaming while struggling to breathe. And then we cut to split screen on the left, um, panel. We have a uh, Japanese woman who instantly, oh, here, you know what? Let me read the, uh, synopsis for you. A few months after her sister's killed, after her sister's killer is freed from jail, Nami, a young Japanese girl, arrives in Paris to claim a terrible vengeance. After getting weapons, she goes to her murderer's lair and kidnaps him. 
So instantly, even with that setup, uh, on the left, we have a girl who's looking for revenge. On the right, we have a French dude who's cleaning up a crime scene. And uh, you, it, it opens up where we're doing a split screen, but uh, the way it's framed, it looks like one face. And then we pull out of that and we're just, we're off. The first 20 minutes of this movie, there's no dialogue. And we're basically following uh, Nami walking around a park. In, she's dressed up. She's got heels on. And you just hear the clip-clop of her on the sidewalk everywhere. On the right panel, we get a uh, handsome French dude who is struggling to get bloody footprints off his floor. Um, there's, You would think it would be a problem to have two screens going at once, but I think this movie was meticulously made in the way that each frame, although it's worth watching, one kind of demands presence more. and if you're one of the rare people who jumped into this movie, you might've bailed on it in the first 20. And there's an interaction that I was talking to Oksana about where, um, Nami. So I used to fantasize all the time about making an indie film. And I thought, I don't know anybody and I'm too shy to cast people. So what I'll do is I'll get my friends and the way I'll, I'll fake it is I won't have them talk. And I feel like we could wing that because we could just shoot them moving, but like faking dialogue is really hard. And you can tell when somebody's not an actor and man, did this movie feel like that for the first 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there's an interaction where uh, Nami is, she's walking through the park and again, no talking. We don't know what's happening. And there's a dude on a park bench wearing a suit and you're like, okay, you couldn't reek of actor more than that guy right now. And they look at each other and it's kind of awkward. And she walks away and he follows her. And there, it felt very stage play to me. And I'm like, oh no, is this movie going to be bad? And this kind of cat and mouse thing goes on for a while and he gives her a bag and she looks in it and she takes it and she leaves. And I'm like, oh no, I might've made a mistake. And I was completely wrong. There is conversation. There's talking dialogue after this. Not only is are both people great actors, but we're multilingual here. I believe... Um, like I'm like the synopsis said, she's Japanese and she speaks it at one part and uh, our main character's French and we even get some English in there. I'm like, oh, actually, this is a pretty worldly movie. Also, we're doing a thing like in Fat Tuesday where she's outside in a park doing a one shot film, which I think we looked into it and it's supposed to be an estimated $1,500 budget on this movie. Mm -hmm. So we are not blocking the streets off or anything, but there's not a lot of people out either. <laughs> So when we noticed it came out in 2020, we're like, oh, duh, it's a lockdown movie. Like, clearly they shot this when nobody's on the street. Great idea. Well, we were wrong there, too. Apparently they shot this in 2007. But there were a lot of production problems. I guess they'd run through each, each screen as its own film, essentially. And they had done each, what, four times? They had like rain delays come in every now and then people would interrupt the filming because again, they're on the street and they're going through like locations and it totally taps into that thing that I loved about fat Tuesday where we're making a movie, but it's got that raw energy of like a found footage film and these people can fucking act. I mean, I took a note that a uh, potential name for this movie could have been parks, alleys, apartments, and tunnels because literally we, it's a lot of walking and there's only one review on Amazon prime. And the dude, <laughs> the dude is, he gave it one star and he said, this movie's bullshit. All they do is walk. They're just walking all the time. And it's split screen. 
And I'm like, dude, did you not read yeah. the fucking description? Both of which are in the synopsis. Yeah, and now uh, Nami, our, our, the revenge girl, the Japanese girl, she does do a lot of walking, but it pays off. And it's everything here is very meticulous. Um, for horror fans, the violence that happens isn't really on camera. So we're a little bit more art house here. I wouldn't say it's a uh, kill off camera kind of situation because that kind of denotes. I mean, if you're making like a hostile film and you're killing people off screen, I would think of budgetary restriction or maybe you, you didn't have the chops to pull it off. But this film, everything, it feels calculated. And um, man, I, I really enjoyed it. I, me and Oksana were talking during it. Because I had a prediction of what was going to happen. The way that it was shot, there are time sequences that play out at the... I mean, of course, you, you imagine that we're going to collide eventually with these screens. And we don't. And it's a really interesting narrative choice. The way that this story comes together. And I'm kind of shocked that I had never heard of this thing. I honestly think those first 20 minutes kill it for people. If you come in blind... That, that first 20, you might be like, you know, I got other things I can do, even though it's a 70-minute movie. So I highly recommend people check out um, Uncut Rage. This is one of those films where I I was so smitten with it that I kind of want to track down the uh, filmmaker. I'm not sure if they speak English, though. So that may not come to be. But uh, we get a translator. Randy's our translator. Dude, Randy <laughs> could pull it off. Um one thing is you might have been aware of a film that he contributed to earlier called uh, the Tokyo Grand Guigon. How the hell do you say that word? Guignol. Guignol. Yeah, I don't know. Tokyo Grand Guignol. He did one of the the segments. I couldn't figure out which one because IMDb is dumb and they just put him down as a uh, contributor. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember loving that film either. It was very quirky and kind of went for it. But I, I don't know, dude. Randy, I think you should check this one out. Yeah, I might be down. I, I like think, a split screen. And the Palma hack. Dude, I, I love a sp uh, the split. And I think, you know, in, with a more ADD audience, you would you kind of like tap into something. I if you only get, like the split with bananas, dude. It did. You know, I, if I have what a M. Night. <laughs> I'm back in. My critique here would be, I wish the movie was a little bit more ambitious. Because it does kind of give you that we're playing it a little safe at times because, I don't know, I, we don't have the chops. But then if you make it through the end, you're like, dude, you, you're a filmmaker. You should have fucking pushed this thing further. And I, instantly it started me thinking about Victoria. Like Victoria, I, uh, I yeah. don't think has been dethroned as like the one shot feature. Victoria. Right. How fucking good is that movie? It's great. Uh, it they years. cheat in Victoria. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure they cheat. Can you confirm? I don't it? know that they do. I, I feel like after I saw Victoria, <laughs> they were like, yeah, we cheated. Hold on. <laughs> this just in. Victoria is a fucking fake. It's if, fake news. If memory serves, I remember I was out there on the streets, <laughs> as I'm known to do, and I, I've, I've heard that maybe they, uh, they cheated. You walked in, and they were shooting the film, and they were clearly cutting. They were stopping, I watched, resetting. I watched, you know, my aversion to uh, DFW Airport in Dallas, Texas, because I've been stuck there overnight three oh, times. Famously. Um, I, I watched all of Victoria <laughs> on my uh, 
tablet. Oh, it was. I and I was, watched all of Bone Tomahawk on my tablet at that airport. Were you at an airport that had a theater in it? Or like a screening room? Did I just make that up? He may have made that up. I thought you were like, there's a room where they were like playing movies. Wow, we should Not do that. Knowledge. That's our business, dude. We'll bring movies back. To the airport? Yeah, you could get a beer. It'd be like the Alamo, so if you need a drink before and take your mind but off of it. But it's only the terminal with Tom Hanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's our final destination. All movies that involve like flight or the airport. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uncut uh rage. It's fucking good. Again, uh thank you, Rich, for sharing your account with me. Um you're insane for doing it. But uh hey, if we get this guy on the show, I'll let him know. Be like, hey, this weirdo reached out and gave me his password. He collects watches like Clark, so something's clearly wrong here. Yeah, I'm only wearing like I gotta get rid of like nine watches. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do is you wear them all at one time. You get a trench coat and you go walk around on the corner of San Francisco. You know what? You could go down the tenderloin, and whenever people come up, you just open up your jacket. That market's too crowded over there. There's only like <laughs> ten guys doing that. Supply and demand. You're yeah, correct. I'd have to go down like Palo Alto. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, want to? Because again, Thursday we're going to talk about the festival a little more. You said yeah, we just hang out again. Yeah, I apologize. I I really want to do segments, but there's no time. I'm looking at the clock now. I'm like, I got to go back to work. All right, Randy. Anything else? No, nothing for me. Oksana, take us home. You what? shouldn't. You shouldn't throw it to me. Randy's better at this. No, God. it's going to be the. Uh, what a failure! I know. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and/or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.